0: Hey there, thanks for checking out my podcast. This episode was recorded originally as a video, so if you'd prefer to watch it, head over to my YouTube channel. Otherwise, sit back and enjoy. With all this craziness going on in the market, we want to talk about three ways how you can hedge yourself from a market crash. That's actually where I have my handy-dandy notepad here. So let's just share my screen and let's talk about three ways to hedge against the market crash. One of the first things that people often say is that you can buy calls on the VXX.
1: The VIX actually is the fear gauge of the market. Sure, so the fear gauge or the VIX is uh, based on the S&P 500 option premium, uh, essentially the going one month out. So when premiums increase, you have more fear in the market because market participants believe there's going to be more movement in the market, and that sends the VIX higher. So you actually have a VIX futures contract. VXX is a stock or ETF that actually tracks the VIX itself, And so this is something that could be traded both as an ETF or options.
0: Right. And this is where we see today as the markets are going down. So the Nasdaq is down 2.3%. The VIX is actually jumping up 21%. Or if you look at the VXS, it's jumping up 10%. So one of the ideas here is to buy calls because whenever it is jumping like this, let's just take a look at the Nasdaq. This is when the Nasdaq was going down. It's not only the Nasdaq, it's also S&P and it is the Dow. So this is one of the strategies that you can do. So let's take a look at this and see if this makes sense and for whom it makes sense. Because you see that we have a spike here. So we want to take a look at options and we jump over here to an options chain. And this is where we look at the VXX. And so the question is, until when do you want to have your portfolio hedged? And we could just choose 318, which is just a little bit over a month from now. We look at this. Now we start taking to look at calls and say, okay, let's say we want to protect ourselves when the VIX is jumping above. What? What do you think would be a good level here? 22? Sure. Sure. Let's uh, let's do this. Okay. So uh, just to give you an example to you, above 22 and right now the last traded price would be $2.38. So let's just write this down here. So example by 22 calls expiring 318. So, this would be a little bit over a month from now for $2.40. Now, they are trading in 100 packs. So, this means that we would have to shell out $240. This is where the idea is, if the VIX goes up and spikes, we are making money on the calls. However, there are a few disadvantages that I want to write down here. The disadvantages, and this is where probably we should say what our purpose is. Let's just assume assumption that you have a $100,000 stock portfolio that you want to protect. So now the question is, how many of these VIX calls should you buy to protect your portfolio? So this is where it's, it's super difficult to actually determine the number of option contracts that you need to buy or sell.
1: Here's the thing, like even today, it feels like the markets are really falling. They're pulling back. But you look at the spike previously and we're nowhere near those highs, right? So. Even if the markets are falling, it could be that the VIX doesn't spike as much as you expect, but also when you go to buy them because the markets are falling, you're gonna overpay.
0: Right. The other thing is, as you can see, if you're looking back at the VIX, these spikes, they happen quickly and then they disappear.
1: So timing
0: is very crucial. So in order to cash in, you almost need to watch the markets on a daily basis so that you can cash in on this. And the idea of a hedge is that you say, you know what, I don't want to worry about the markets. For the, let's say, next two, three, or four weeks because you're going on a vacation or you have other things to do or, I don't know, whatever it might be that you're busy and you just say, I don't want to look at my portfolio. So this is here a huge disadvantage that you basically need to babysit your options
1: to cash in. And that's the tricky thing because when you get that spike, yes, you might be able to profit from the spike, but then you're no longer hedged right so instead you're paying for this kind of pseudo insurance but then if it pulls back then it just becomes expensive because you've bought those calls right
0: because when do you sell them when it jumps to 27 28 and what happens if the market crashes as it did and we're going up to well here it was adjusted to 320 but if you're looking at the VIX, so if we are seeing usually spikes around 30 and then we have a crash like in may 2022 and it goes up to 70 and 80. suddenly you're no longer protected here so we should write this down once you cash in, no more protection or no more hedge, I would say this. Okay, so obviously, as you can see, this is not very good, even though many people say, oh, you just buy some call on the VIX. I think this is the worst
1: way, the absolute worst way to hedge a portfolio. Yeah, it's my least favorite. I feel that the VIX actually is more efficient than people think, like it's priced efficiently. So I really have a hard time trading volatility products.
0: Right, okay, so the next is, this is where some people say, well, just, buy some puts on a contract like the SPY, for example. So the SPY, let's just jump over here and show you what that is. So the SPY is also an ETF that is kind of mirroring the S&P 500. The advantage is it's not as expensive as this. It's only like the SPY is approximately a 10th of this. And Now you can say, cool. Let's do this. Let's get some downside protection in the market here. Where should we protect ourselves? At 440, if the market drops down to 440. Let's put a horizontal line in there so that you get the idea. And we take a look at this. Let's just go back here, write it down by puts on the SPY. And here we have another example. And so the example is that we would buy 440 puts expiring 318. So this would be in one month from now. So let's see how much this would cost us. We are looking here at the symbol is the SPY. We're choosing the same expiration. So we're going out to 318 to give us approximately a month. Let's just look here at the 440. The 440 put, we have a last traded price here of $9. Wow, $9.07, but let's just round up here to $9. So this would cost us $9 per option. That sounds fairly expensive. So let's talk about the advantages first. For the advantages, it is fairly easy to calculate how many contracts we need to protect our $100,000 portfolio. Because if we would trade two option contracts, with this we have what, $88,000 protected. We would just kind of,
1: yeah, because one option contract with uh, the price of $440 per share times 100, it's 44000 You multiply by two, that gives you 88. Okay,
0: so that's not bad at all. So let's talk about the disadvantages. And the disadvantages is that we have a pretty expensive insurance. Yeah. So let's talk about why is this so expensive? Well, again, we need to buy two 440 puts for $900 each. So the cost of this hedge is $1,800. So this also means that to the downside protection, you basically your break even is actually $9 lower here than the 440. So it drops down to 331. 431. 431 plus, and also here's the deal also to the upside. So this means that right now the stock has to move or the SPY has to move nine dollars higher for you to actually make money to make back the cost of these options here so this is important to understand
1: so the idea here is if you have a portfolio that is loosely tracking the s p 500 right if it's basically mimicking the overall market the s p 500 is a good proxy for the u.s markets when you buy those puts they're expensive because the market has dropped a little bit so you're paying a lot And for you to offset that hedge, like you said, that portfolio would need to go up to offset that expense. And for you to really be making money, it needs to drop some. If
0: it doesn't drop below 431, you're not making any money on the puts. So that doesn't sound very efficient. (laughs) Okay, so far, we're not off to a good start, but I think it is super important that you understand your different options, yeah, pun intended here, so that you know when somebody just said, oh, you just buy puts. It's not that easy. Or you
1: just buy calls on the VIX. And here's the thing. This would be the cheapest option, in my opinion, to try and get insurance. Right. But I think that the trickiest thing here is we just went out a month. If we went out six months, it's going to be way more expensive. And think of all the times when the market isn't falling. Right. So if you're trying to hedge yourself. And you're just paying that 1,800, 1,800, all of a sudden you're out 10,000 bucks, 10%. All
0: Okay. Now, before we go to the third thing, I think it also might make sense to look at what is the definition of a hedge? What exactly we are talking here? We're not talking about protecting yourself. We are talking about hedging yourself. And I looked it up. Oh no, this was the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Over the edge, you probably know this. Okay, so let's talk about this definition here that we see a hedge is an investment that is made with the intention of reducing the risk of adverse price movements in an asset. And this is where we see here normally, and now let's just copy this over here from Investopedia. So thanks Investopedia for letting us know. Normally a hedge consists of taking an offsetting or opposite position in a related security. And now, now we're getting somewhere. So let's talk about the third possibility and this is by an inverse ETF. Ooh. Okay, what does this mean, Mark? So let's talk about
1: this. Sure, so you have ETFs that mimic the different indices. So you have an ETF that tracks the Dow, the NASDAQ, the S&P 500, the Russell, and those are going to be ETFs that move with the index, just like the SPY. But an inverse ETF actually moves in the opposite direction. So if the S&P 500 is going up, the inverse ETF is going down. You're losing money if you've bought shares of the ETF. But if the S&P 500 is falling, the inverse ETF is actually making money and increasing if you've bought shares.
0: I'm just writing down the regular ones that are tracking these indices. Yep. Now let's talk about the reverse ETFs. Let's actually go in the same order. Let's take a look at the one for the Dow. Let's just say you have a stock portfolio that mainly consists of Value stocks that you typically find in the Dow. So,
1: what would be uh, possible solutions here, Mark? The ticker is DOG. And so, this is going to move in the exact opposite of the Dow. Dog. Yep.
0: DOG. Okay. So, let's take a look at this first before we give you the other ticker symbol. So, if you're looking here at the DJI, this is what the Dow looks like right now. So, if we look at the dog, it moves the exact opposite. Okay. So that's super interesting and trading at 3260. Cool,
1: let's talk about the next one. And I think, actually go back there real quick. So if you look at the percent move, I think that's the most revealing because with these inverse ETFs, there are some management fees and they're balancing it daily. So one warning here, I would not do this for a long-term trade because it's not gonna mimic it perfectly long-term, but for a short-term trade, it can be a great hedge.
0: Right, exactly, okay. So this is, for example, for the Dow. Let's jump over and let's say, okay, for the S&P 500, what if you have a portfolio that kind of mimics the S&P 500?
1: The inverse ETF would be SH. SH, okay,
0: interesting. So we can also take a very quick look at this because then we show you something really, really cool. So SH, again, if you look at the S&P 500 today, down 2.18 percent. This one exactly up 2.18 exactly. percent. So it doesn't get any better. So let's also talk about for the Nasdaq.
1: With the Nasdaq, it would be PSQ would be the opposite. So or P- inverse.
0: PSQ would be uh, not the reverse, the inverse. I should say the inverse ETF. <laughs> okay, good. So here is a problem. So the disadvantage of this is. If you buy those, you have to tie up a lot of buying power. So, if you have a $100,000 portfolio and you want to protect yourself, you have to buy a $100,000 worth of dog SH or PSQ. So, this is where the downside is require a lot of buying power. And you might not have this buying power in your portfolio. You might actually tap into margin to do this, or you might say, I don't have this. And this is where we want to show you something really, really cool. So Mark, let's uh, let's talk about
1: what would be, in our opinion, the best way if you are planning to hedge a portfolio. And this would be what's known as a leveraged ETF. And in this case, it would be a leveraged inverse ETF. And so You might have heard us say, we do not like to trade these with the wheel, and that's for a reason, because they're magnifying gains and losses. But for a hedge, it actually is a useful tool for someone that doesn't want to close positions, but wants to manage their risk if if something's going on uh, short term.
0: All right, fantastic. So let's take a look at some of those. Let's get started again. With the Dow. So, what would be a leveraged one for the Dow?
1: So, two times the movement in the Dow would be DDM. DDM. And then three times the movement would be UDOW.
0: UDOW. UDOW. Okay, now let's take a look at UDOW. Let's get started with this one. UDOW is actually right now, today, losing. Is that correct?
1: You have the wrong one. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. I looked at my notes wrong. It was S Dow, not U Dow. S
0: Dow. Okay. So the Dow Jones is down 1.81% and this one is up 5.31%. So we have 5.31 divided by 3. It's 1.77. And as you can see, it's changing here all the time.
1: Okay. So what what do you want me to check
0: the other one? I just want to down? make
1: sure that the other one's uh, DXD. I think I gave you the wrong one. DXD? For the 2x. Okay, good. On your notes.
0: On my notes. So let's do this. So yep. let's just talk about this, of why this makes a lot of sense before we give you the ones for the S&P and the Nasdaq. Because especially if you take a three times leverage, as you can see, that's where we go back here to S Dow, you basically only need a third of the buying power because it moves
1: three times as much. <laughs> Yeah, so if you have a, a portfolio that's a little more value-oriented and you're you you know you're looking at your portfolio and you see that when you have updates, it's really mimicking the movement in the Dow. Then this is where you can buy shares and $33,000 worth instead of the 100000 but you're going to get a real nice inverse move, making money on the S-Dow while you're losing money on your portfolio, but hedging and balancing it out.
0: All right, Uh, so let's take a look at the other ones really quick and then we tell you the advantages and disadvantages of this approach. So the 2X for the S&P?
1: The 2X for the S&P is SDS.
0: SDS, and the 3X? SPXU. SPXU, okay, and for the NASDAQ, if you have a portfolio that consists mainly of value stocks or tech
1: stocks? For the NASDAQ, it's QID for 2X. Okay. And it's SQQQ for 3X.
0: QQQ for 3x. Okay, so let's talk about the advantages. So here with the leverage inverse ETF, the advantage is it requires only one third of the buying power. Another advantage is that you can protect your whole portfolio exactly. So there, there's no guessing because if you have, uh, for example, let's say that you want to protect it with the SDAO and you have a $100,000 portfolio, then you just take the 100,000, right? Divided by three because this moves three times as much. So it's 30,333 and divided by the current price here. 28,24. And you see that you need to buy exactly 1,180 shares. Boom! I mean, this way you have an exact one-to-one protection. So this, I think, is a huge advantage. But let's talk about the disadvantage. The disadvantage, and I almost don't want to call it this way, uh, so I'm putting this in quotation marks and, and here's why. The disadvantage, it is a, a full hedge. What does it mean? A full hedge means that if the Dow moves higher, this, the S Dow, moves lower and you lose money on the S Dow while you're making this. So it's basically a net zero. So you don't really have protection, you have a full hedge. When does a full hedge make sense? Let's say you have some exposure to the markets and you know that for the next few days or for the next few weeks, you cannot look at the markets at all. And you want to avoid that the market crashes and that you get caught on the bad side. You just want to make sure that your portfolio, that your portfolio's value stays exactly where it is right now. That's when a full hedge makes sense. And this is the other thing here. It is super easy. Uh, That's not a disadvantage. It's an advantage. Easy to put on and off, and other than with options that we have earlier, you don't have to worry about a time frame. You you can do this for a day, you can do this for three days, five days. It doesn't really matter. So doesn't require a time frame.
1: And there could be some issues with longer term, uh, you know, uh, time frames, but that wouldn't be you. There'd be no point to hedge your portfolio for six months. Right, right. right. Yeah, Like this is all you know. Weeks, maybe a month, but long term, you it wouldn't make any sense to do this. Yeah.
0: So, as you can see, first of all, you need to understand that there is two things. There's a protection from a market crash. This is where, if you go back here, a protection from a market crash would be, for example, with buying calls on the VIX or buying puts on the SPY. If this is something like. Today, when the CPI number was released and you're worried about that the market could tank, you can put these trades on and kind of babysitting them. But if you truly want to hedge your portfolio, meaning that you're removing all of the risks right now, both to the upside and the downside, and you say, you know what, where my portfolio is right now, that's where I want to pick off. Then we believe that buying an inverse ETF and buying leveraged inverse ETFs Should actually make this here a heading that this might be the best thing that you can do to fully protect yourself
1: and the nice thing is uh for those of you who understand options there's no volatility crush right so this is where you are hedged if there is a drop but like with CPI, it could be that with options, they priced in a bigger drop, so you think you're making money or, or having it offset, and you're really not because of the way options are priced. So this would be the ideal way to do it. Okay, so now you know how to, uh, three
0: ways, how to hedge your portfolio against a market crash. And uh, if you find this helpful, click on like and uh, subscribe to this channel, hit the little notification bell, this way you get notified whenever we release a new video. And take a look at these videos that should be popping up right now, and we'll see you in the next one. All right, that's it for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. And if you could do me a huge favor and rate it, that would mean a lot to me. Just leave a five-star rating and let others know what you think about the podcast. Also, you can go to rockwelltrading.com slash social